When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Dan. Before we get to our Thursday pod, and our pod is a mock draft today, the full first round, so it's a lot of fun. You'll love it. But I want to tell you about something we're doing tonight during the draft. Beginning at 9 o'clock p.m., Doug Maurice and I are going to jump on a live stream on YouTube. So you'll be able to find that at cleveland.com slash browns and cleveland.com slash sports. Uh, You should be able to find that live stream. And we're going to take you from 9 o'clock through the Browns pick, beyond the Browns pick. We're going to use it as our Friday podcast to kind of react to what the Browns do. So you'll want to jump on that. Mary Kay will be on. Scott and Ellis will jump on. Nathan Baird and Stephen Means will also jump on to talk a little Justin Fields. Just throughout the night, we'll have guests in and out. Tim Bielek will will jump on to give us his draft expertise. So starting at 9 o'clock, head to cleveland.com slash sports or cleveland.com slash browns, and you'll be able to jump on that live stream and hang out with us all the way through and even beyond the Browns pick at number 26. All right, here we go. Our mock draft to get you ready for round one of the NFL draft. We will pick all 32 teams. This is our order. Scott, Mary Kay, Doug, me, Tim, Ellis. So we'll just go through in that order. Everybody's going to get 45 seconds to make their pick and state their case. If somebody wants to uh, have a rebuttal, they're going to let me know. You get 15 seconds for that, and then we're going to move on. So uh, let's get to it. Scott, I don't think we're going to take 45 seconds here, but you are on the clock. You know, I've often wondered why teams take up all their time when they have the first overall pick. It's sitting there and you're watching the clock tick and you're thinking they've had all this time. They knew they had the number one pick. What could be taking so long? And now that I'm in this position, I realize it's the power. Nothing (laughs) happens until I make my pick. So I'm going to sit here and enjoy this. This is just good podcasting. This is good podcasting. (laughs) seconds, at least 15 seconds there. No, I, I won't make you wait. We'll make this easy. We'll go with Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson, as the number one pick. Are there any rebuttals? What? No, I will interject that Urban Meyer has never had a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. He's a guy who always loved running quarterbacks. His last year at Ohio State in 2018 with Dwayne Haskins helped Urban Meyer usher in the era of a quarterback who has to throw first, and I think it prepared him for this. Urban Meyer's never had a dude like this. I'll add um, reports Trevor Lawrence already working with charities and foundations in jacksonville so this has been in the bag for a minute all right so on to number two mary Kay, you are on the clock with the new york jets well this one is almost just as easy as number one overall going with zach wilson here i think it's a foregone conclusion that robert sala is going to take the byu quarterback it's just amazes me however that the sam darnold era is over in new york and here they are again picking at the top of the draft. It just blows my mind. And it just shows you how, uh, you know, just how tenuous it is to try to nail the quarterback position. Pick number two. So now we are going to move on to the Kyle Shanahan pick. Number three, the San Francisco 49ers. Doug, you're on the clock. This is what I think is going to happen. I'm not going by what I would do. This is what I think is going to happen. I think maybe if they thought they wanted to take Mac Jones when they made the trade, I think their eyes have been open to Trey Lance. I think the upside is there. You can The system for Shanahan works. You don't have to draft a system quarterback. I think Trey Lance has much more upside. If they want to keep Jimmy G around or not, whatever, I just can't believe they would go all the way to three to get a, a guy in Mac Jones who I think is limited. So I think they take Trey Lance, and that's who I'm taking. Doug, real quick, why isn't this – Justin Fields aside from what you think the 49ers are going to do like if we're talking Trey Lance Justin Fields and not that you need to unpack Trey Lance a a bunch here but since we have you can you give me like 30 seconds on why Justin Fields is quote-unquote falling in this whole process I have no idea I, I, I don't understand it at all I would take Justin Fields too I mean if we all wanted a phone booth from the minute the season ended and we came out and the Jets took Zach Wilson we'd all be like what 
it's like we're all on Zach Wilson because that's what all the reporting is. I think Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in the draft. I think a lot of people think that, but there's no reporting that has Justin Fields going at three. All the reporting is Jones or Lance, and I'm going to go Lance. You know, I've, I've talked to some people throughout the league as I've gone through this past week. Every Everybody that I've talked to keeps saying to me that it's Mac Jones or Lance. And I'll tell you what, this, those same people really do think that, that they are going with, with Mac Jones, even though, you know, like Rich Eisen came out late in the week saying that, you know, that it would be Trey Lance. Now, here's the thing. If, if I were making the pick, I probably would go with Trey Lance. And here's why, just very briefly. And the reason I think we can spend a couple seconds on this is because the draft starts right here, right? I mean, this is where the draft is starting. The reason why I say that is because, you know, I think that Kyle Shanahan can pretty much win with anybody. But the, the NFL is evolving, and I think that there's not much drop-off in Trey Lance when it comes to football acumen, which is very important to him. And I think that with the way that it is going, why not have someone that can take you wherever you need to go over the next five, six years instead of having to run the traditional Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, Kyle Shanahan offense? Because if people start to catch up to that a little bit, which you know I don't see that happening anytime soon. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's just a beautiful offense, but in the event that people start to figure things out a bit, why not have somebody uh, that can do that and so much more for you? I, that's what I would probably do. Dan, do you mind us going around the horn and just everyone be on the record with who they think the 49ers should take here? Right. One, just, just say the name. Go for it. Fields. Fields. I think we all said Justin Fields there. I'm also Justin Fields. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm actually going to go Trey Lance. Okay. Pick number four. Here we go. I'll get us back on the clock because this is an easy one. Atlanta thinks they can win, right? Or otherwise they would trade Matt Ryan. So why would you take a quarterback here? Take the best player that's going to help you win football games. If you take a quarterback at number four, you're wasting the pick. If you believe you can win with Matt Ryan, give me Kyle Pitts. This is a no-brainer, the Atlanta Falcons. And I believe it was reported earlier today that that's the way they're leaning. So I'm going with Kyle Pitts in this situation. And that takes us on to number five and Tim, the Cincinnati Bengals. I know Joe Burrow wants Jamar Chase. Half of Cincinnati wants Jamar Chase, but we all saw what happened to Joe Burrow in Washington. And that's why the pick is Penny Sewell from Oregon. It's not about what Joe Burrow wants. It's about what he needs. And what he needs is a potential cornerstone left tackle who could be there the entire length of his career. It's an easy one to me. I mean, we all saw Joe Burrow get hit too many times. Other times he was running for his life. It's It seems like a no-brainer that I'm surprised there's that much debate going on about this pick. I think they're better off going receiver here, tackle at the top of round two. I'd rather have Jamar Chase and Liam Eikenberg than Sewell and whatever receiver you'd get. I think they're going to pick Chase. On we go. Pick number six, acquired from the Philadelphia Eagles. Ellis, you are picking for the Miami Dolphins. When Dan, you showed us uh, the lineup yesterday, I noticed I have multiple Dolphins picks and that made me happy because it gives me an opportunity to stake some claims at skill position spots that I take pride in. And that is what's about to happen here at number six. I believe that Devonta Smith will be the best receiver out of this class. All the stuff about his size, who cares? It, it does not matter. This, this young man makes plays in any spot on the field and he's going to be a bona fide stud the moment he steps into the NFL. You can't cover him. You can't touch him. So why does it matter how big he is? It, could he get hit on some bubble screens? Perhaps. But he's going to be open 15, 20 yards downfield consistently. Give me Devonta Smith, and he'll be a, a leader for rookie of the year this year. I'm confident in that. You think they'll actually do that, though? You think if if Chase and Waddle are both on the board at six, you actually think Miami would pick Smith, or you would do it? I would do it. I don't no, I think the Jamar Chase stuff is also getting a little overblown too. Like his tape is really nice, but the Julio Jones comps, anything like this guy is a generational game changer. That's not accurate. So Jamar Chase is nice, but the fact that he's the clear cut number one receiver, I disagree with Miami would probably be tempted to take Chase over Smith. I think Smith is the number one receiver in this class. All right, so that leaves lots of options there for Scott at number seven and the Detroit Lions. Yeah, my original target uh, ended up going to the Bengals, so 
I'm going to go with a guy who had a great pro day, very explosive. He bit off like three kneecaps, which I know the Lions really value. So give me Jamar Chase. They need a receiver. Scott, did you consider Fields at all? I think I, I thought about quarterback for a minute. I mean, the Lions need a ton of help, but they did bring in a quarterback. And I think if you get someone like Chase, that's going to help make him better and find out if he's, if he's really the answer or not. Well, now we get to one of the teams that made news today, the Carolina Panthers, as we're recording this. On Wednesday, the Carolina Panthers just made a trade for Teddy, uh, traded away Teddy Bridgewater. So, Mary Kay, we are up to the Carolina Panthers, acquired Sam Darnold, traded away Teddy Bridgewater. You are on the clock. You know, this just, this got easier for me today when when they made the, the trade. Teddy, who was, by the way, down working out with Baker and company in Florida all week. I'm going Justin Fields here. I feel like this is a no brainer. This it's time for Justin Fields to come off the board and to go down to Carolina and try to, to get this team back on track. Well, I feel like our clock's going to get thrown off here. Justin Fields to the Carolina Panthers, I think is very interesting. Yeah. It's something I want to mention about with Darnold. And I think there's always the fascinating stuff about why he failed in New York or whatever. And the interesting thing about the Jets picking where they are is I don't think they helped him at all. They did not help Sam Darnold in any of the previous drafts. They didn't really give him anything to help him out. He's going to Carolina where he's in a situation. He's got Christian McCaffrey at running back. You got a couple good receivers. You got Robbie Anderson. You got DJ Moore. I'm not sure about it. I would go offensive line. I don't know how you feel. You give up a second round pick plus whatever for Sam Darnold. And then you turn right around draft Justin Fields. I get that the Panthers want to fix quarterback and that's important. I went offensive line in my mock. I would just protect him because right now you're, one of your starting tackles is Cameron Irving. Matt Rule and Ryan Day know each other pretty well. Ryan Day, the Ohio State head coach, and Matt Rule, the Carolina coach. I mean, I don't know how much that factors into it. I do think it's interesting. I don't think it's impossible that Carolina doubles up a quarterback and says, let's try twice to get this right. That's double our chances of getting this right. I was going to take fields for Denver at nine. It would be a little bit weird to me if Denver like traded for Carolina's quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater and like I think Bridgewater is a perfect mentor and bridge to Justin Fields so then for Carolina to like stick it to Denver like here we traded you the mentor to Justin Fields but then we took Justin Fields I wonder what that Denver Carolina conversation was like but absolutely I think I think as high as six if Miami gets the right offer I think six seven eight nine is the Justin Fields range we're not doing trades in this mock I think it's very likely somebody moves up to get him here, but I absolutely think it's possible Carolina is the team that winds up with him. Doug, we got Denver up right now with your pick. Your guy's gone. So listen, I think Jalen Waddell is value here. I think Jalen Waddell might end up being the best receiver in this draft. I would take Jalen Waddell ahead of Devontae Smith, but I can't with all the receivers that Denver has invested in recently, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, I can't take a receiver here. So I'll take Rashawn Slater who I think some people think may be the best tackle in this draft, maybe better than Panay Sewell. I think there's value there. Opted out last year at Northwestern. I, I think Denver very possibly winds up with a quarterback. I don't want to take Mac Jones here, though. I think maybe you could take Mac Jones here, but that's it's hard for me to pull the trigger, so I'll take the tackle instead. Okay, so now... If I'm Jerry Jones and I'm sitting here as the Dallas Cowboys on the clock at number 10, this thing has fallen exactly how I want it. I love my pick here. Go ahead and give me Patrick Sertain, the second, the cornerback out of Alabama. Dallas needs help on defense. Browns fans know that well. Dallas Cowboys fans know that well. Uh, I think this is where this thing is barreling to. If he's sitting there at number 10, I think this is who Dallas is going to take. And frankly, I think this is who – this is who I would take. I'm not just making this pick because I think it's who they will. I think it's who they should take. So Patrick Sertain at number 10 for the Dallas Cowboys who need all the help that they can get on the defensive side of the ball. And as we start working towards number 26, now that first corner off the board uh, in our, in our mock number 11, Tim, you are up the New York football giants. I'd like to take you all back in the time machine with this a little bit. Uh-oh. Remember seven years ago, they took a receipt, a smaller receiver out of the SEC, outstanding athlete, worked out pretty well. I mean, that was Odell Beckham. He did all right, I think. So I think they go in this spot, 
same track record, Jalen Waddle from Alabama. I think he's the biggest home run threat in this entire draft. I absolutely love watching him play. There were times this year, you know, watching Alabama, I thought he was better than Devontae Smith at times. Obviously, the ankle injury he had didn't show what I think he was, could do. But now you, you form a very good, very entertaining receiver combination with Waddle on one side, Kenny Galladay on the other side. Daniel Jones no longer has excuses. It's either perform or he's going to get replaced in 2022. So it's Waddle to the Giants at 11. Okay, Ellis, you were talking about having Miami picks. And that's really interesting because here you are at number 12, a former Miami pick uh, at number 12 with the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts, the, uh, the starter there, at least for now, I guess. What are you doing? This is funny. Uh, Tim and I did a, <clears throat> our dueling mock draft version 2.0. Everybody knows what I'm going to say. And this is a, similar to how the board fell. And Mac Jones was right there at 12. And I think Tim just pulled the trigger. I, I don't think it was me sometimes, but we just both had a great laugh about it. How like, well, let's just inject chaos and have them take Mac Jones. Tim, I don't think I have the guts to do what you did in that dueling oh. draft. Twitter would go nuts. I can't do it. it. <laughs> I can't defend it. So for that reason, and I haven't seen him mocked here all that much, but it's got to be J.C. Horn to the Eagles. I want to elaborate on one thing Doug said with the that six through nine range being Justin Fields territory. This feels like another potential trade. Like, like if the Dolphins are sitting at six and these receivers – drop like if Waddle's available all the way at 11 there might be a chance to trade and this is another spot where you just think a team would come up and grab Mac Jones if he's really loved throughout the league like he is but since we're not doing trades it's JC Horn who is probably the best man coverage press guy in this draft but Patrick Sertain is belongs and is the number one corner to be clear and Andrew Barry is sitting there watching his corners fall off the board as we as we move along here to Scott at number 13 and the LA Chargers. If Horn was still there, I probably would have taken him just because he'd gotten to that point. But I'm going to go with uh, a tackle. I think the Chargers need to protect their franchise quarterback. So give me uh, Christian Derrissaw, Virginia Tech. A theme here, right? The teams with the young quarterbacks doing what they can to protect them. I, you know, Maybe we're going to see more and more teams invest like that, like we saw the Browns do with Baker Mayfield. Uh, now we, you know, earlier we had the Bengals invest in protecting Joe Burrow. Now the Chargers investing in protecting Justin Herbert. Ellis, you don't get to make this pick for the Minnesota Vikings. It belongs to Mary Kay. So Mary Kay, make Ellis proud here. I trust you, Mary Kay. Let's do it. Uh, do not trust me with this pick at all. <laughs> at all. I probably would have pay- taken Darisaw here. Drafting mm. is hard. I mean, like when you do a mock draft like this, because you usually do a mock draft just by yourself listing things. And when people take the guy you thought you were going to take, I understand why teams make bad picks sometimes because you do get a plan. The guy that I'm going to take at 15, I had a heart attack three picks ago, you know, because like <laughs> you think you have a plan and it starts getting ripped away from you. So uh, this is a nice exercise. I, I'm not going to criticize NFL GMs anymore. I've decided it's just, it's too hard. Yeah, I feel I bad for all the bad things I've said over the years. I'm going to go, you know what is Greg? I might go Greg Newsom here. Is that, is that a horrible pick for the Vikings at at this spot? Like I said, I was going to go tackle, but. Mary Kay, it is right on brand. Mike Zimmer, the Vikings head coach has selected four corners in the first round or five since 2015. Uh, Four are no longer on the team. I'm counting their first round pick from a year ago because he's in some pretty dicey off the field trouble, unfortunately deservingly he did some bad things let me be clear but he this is a pick that I could see the Vikings making it may look like a reach on the board but just a year ago actually the Vikings went a corner at 31 I believe maybe it was maybe it was two years ago and someone picked a corner right at 30 so these corners though they get overdrafted almost sometimes like quarterbacks it's something this club will do so Greg Newsom for anyone thinks, oh, that's a reach. This could be on brand for Mike Zimmer. There you go, Mary Kay. I knew you Thank you, Ellis. You're so nice. This one. <laughs> I got you. But listen, I know, I know, Dan, and you're how the Browns can win the draft. You had Newsom to the Browns at 26. It just feels like I don't think there's any chance Newsom gets to 26. I mean, I, I was going to take him at 16. So, so good pick, Mary Kay. 
That's the way it was falling. I, I was going to take him. For the, I was going to take him for the Cardinals. So now I'm going to be like Mary Kay, scrambling to figure out who I'm going to pick. At least I have a buffer, though. So Doug, use your clock here on the New England Patriots. <laughs> Mac Jones, I'm done. Dan, you're up. <laughs> so, so anyway, this is why the Jones Lance decision at three, I think, changes the whole perspective of the draft because. I think that Justin Fields, if Jones doesn't go at three, I think Justin Fields probably goes ahead of Mac Jones. But if Mac Jones goes at three, I think Trey Lance might go ahead of Justin Fields. I think it affects how teams scramble. I think it affects how teams might move up. This is a dream scenario for the Patriots. We had Phil Perry from NBC Sports Boston on Buckeye Talk earlier this week. He does not think the Patriots will trade up for a quarterback. He thinks they like Jones and they like fields, but he thinks they will wait. You find a lot of mock drafts where the Patriots are jumping for a quarterback. He doesn't think that will happen. And in this scenario, it just fell in bill Belichick's lap. And I think depending, I think if Lance is at three, I think this is, we just showed how possible this could be. And if it's Jones at three, I would scratch my head. I don't think it's impossible that all of a sudden the guy who falls to 15 is Justin Fields, and maybe they don't have to jump to get him. Patriots staying at 15 and getting a quarterback, I think, is very possible. But at this point, Mac Jones, when you started saying Mac Jones to the Eagles, I was like, what? Don't take Mac Jones. He's for the Patriots. But that's where I'm landing there. All right. Now I got to figure out what to do here with the Arizona Cardinals. And I was looking at corner anyway at number 16. And so I'm going to stick with that, and I'm going to take that chance on uh, the guy who's dealing with injury issues, now dealing with a a positive COVID-19 test, and and he won't be in Cleveland for the draft. But I'm going to stay on brand here, and I'm going to take a corner. Maybe not the – normally this would maybe not be the most advisable move, right, because you you shouldn't reach for need. But I feel like I'm not just reaching for need here. I feel like I might be taking the guy who could end up – has a chance to become the best corner in this draft. We'll see, but I'm taking Caleb Farley. I would love for him to fall to 26 to the Browns. I don't think it's going to happen. And so I'll jump on him here at pick number 16 for the Cardinals. Is that already four corners gone before in the top 16? Is that what yeah, we're we've at? Had, yeah. We've had a pretty good run on him. Yeah. Is, is that what you have, Tim, is four? Yeah. Sertan at 10, Horn at 12, Newsom at 14, and Farley at 16. So they're all gone. I, I hope Mr. Andrew Barry's listening to this one in the morning. Man, they go, they're going to go quick. It's, it feels like it's going to head that way. I agree. This is going to help point. them so much in their draft prep. <laughs> I thought exactly, Scott. At this point, they're going to be making those calls to, uh, to do what Ellis predicted they would do and trade out of that first round when this starts happening. All right, Tim, you are up with uh, Mr. Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders. All right. Well, it's a good thing the corners are gone because Vegas, I don't think, is taking a corner here. I've got them in this is a pick that's a, in my mock. I've got them going Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State to 17. This is a guy who's got top 10 talent, unquestioned top 10 talent. There's some character questions about it. You can re- research it. I don't, I'm not going to take the time to talk about it, but just from a football player perspective, Parsons is a complete three down linebacker. And we saw how bad the Raiders' defense was. We, I mean, they were eliminated from the playoffs when Fitzpatrick had his face mask pulled to the side and still threw a 40-yard pass. That tells you how bad the Raiders' defense was this past season. So they need all the help they get on that side of the football. It starts with Micah Parsons. Yeah, Raiders a lot like the Cowboys. They've got some stuff on offense, but their defense is an absolute mess. Ellis, again, the Miami Dolphins making them better brick by brick here, number 18. This is a tough one. I knew who I was going to take when I got here. And now I'm having second thoughts for much of what Doug brought up. Like, even when the board does fall your way, you start wondering if you're going to make the right choice. This is hard. Um, I am entertaining either a linebacker or a running back here. Oh, it just, it's hard to see pick 18 and a running back next to the name, but I'll stick to my guns. I'll, I'll do it. I'll just take Najee Harris. And again, being on record with, I think this is RB one in this draft. Uh, I think he has has a nice rookie year and as a guy who can really take pressure off Tua as he still continues to to grow into a quarterback that can make plays within the offense and and the Dolphins continue to solidify that offensive line from players that a year ago in some trades. Uh, Najee Harris has a chance, much like I said about Devontae Smith, to be an interesting rookie of the year candidate. And I, I think that Miami 
offense becomes a, a strength very quickly, assuming Tua progresses how most think he will. I saw people on Twitter talking about this today. One and a half running backs in the first round as the over-under, and a lot of people thinking it's going to be the over, and it depends on Miami going here because I think a lot of people think Pittsburgh's taking a running back. So I think you're on the right track here, Ellis. I would want to pin the- uh, pitch this question out to everybody else. I mean, I in my mock, I have Harris going all the way to 30 to Buffalo. What do you think would be a more scary situation from a Browns perspective of where Harris goes? To Miami at 18, Pittsburgh or 24, at Buffalo at 30. Which of those spots do you think would be should be the most concerning if Browns fans are paying attention to where Harris goes? I don't, well, I don't the think options my, Miami, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh? Yeah, of the three, because I think it would be Buffalo, to be honest. I don't think Browns fans want to see Najee Harris in Pittsburgh, see him twice a year. And it, I understand the offensive line's a mess. It'll get figured out eventually. You're not going to be that bad for that long. We're going on like year four. And I think they're missing the talented running back rather than the offensive line. They just have not put high draft capital into this position. Najee Harris in Pittsburgh would be, would be troublesome. Not only that, yep. not only do you have to worry about them facing him twice a year, but why it would be more troublesome to have him in Pittsburgh overall is because that's exactly what Ben Roethlisberger needs is a really good running back. So in addition to them facing him twice a year, it just makes them better for the whole season and makes them more likely to win football games and challenge a little bit more uh, you know, for the division. I could see the argument long-term for Pittsburgh, but I, unless that offensive line gets fixed, I'm not worried about who's carrying the ball behind it. I think you got to go through Kansas City and or Buffalo to get to the Super Bowl in the immediate future. I understand why it could be scary for Pittsburgh to take him, but I think Ben Roethlisberger's got maybe two years left, Max. And considering how dangerous the Bills are with Josh Allen, a quarterback, and no running game, give him Najee Harris and try not to cover him and Stephon Diggs and all those receivers. All I say is good luck. That's why I'd be more worried about the Browns because about from a Browns perspective about playing Najee Harris in Buffalo, it's hard enough to stop a great passing game like Kansas City or Buffalo. You try and stop a two-dimensional offense that has Josh Allen and an elite running back, almost impossible. Okay, let's move on. Scott, you are up with the Washington football team. Wow, for the first time, I'm actually going to pick a guy that I had first on my list for this spot. And since none of the quarterbacks fell, and I'd be surprised if Washington's actually picking at 19 come Thursday, but give me uh, JOK Koromora from uh, Notre Dame linebacker. He gets to play behind a great defensive line. Browns fans might be upset about this. And actually he was the pick in our football insiders mock draft for the Browns at 26. Uh, but I'm going to take him here at 19. I, I know we're not allowed to mock linebackers to the Browns, but that was a guy <laughs> that I would have considered for the Browns at, at number 26. Peter King has the Browns trading up to get him like a 21 or something that like, yeah, I, I agree. This, this is a good pick, Scott. So that brings us to Mary Kay and the always befuddling Chicago bears. Who knows what this team in front office will do. Mary Kay, you're up. So true. So very true. I mean, I mean you could pick a kicker here and it could be a realistic pick. <laughs> for the bears. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go with just a good old fashioned safe pick in Tevin Jenkins offensive tackle. I, I, I think they just, they need to start building uh, in the trenches to get this team back on track. I don't think they're in build mode. I think they're in desperation mode or pace and Nagy are going to get fired. I I'm on the, <laughs> I agree with Tim that I think they could jump for a QB, but I think if they got to this spot, I think they might go somebody like Rashad Bateman and just like try to, you know, jumpstart. This is too smart. This is too much long-term thinking. And I think they're in scramble mode. I, I think they'll do something a little crazy. In case you wanted to hear the tra- tra- trade package I had for the Bears, this is t- trading up to Carolina. This is so this is going at 12 spots. Number 20, number 52, the first rounder in 2022, and the third rounder in 2022. I made a same, I made a trade to get him up to six to Miami because I think if you have to maybe even get up higher, but I think that's in the right range. And they'll try what do they care? If they don't, if they don't, if they don't do something this year, they're not going to be around to make the picks they're trading. So I, I think Chicago is the most interesting quarterback jump candidate out there. And that is more Bears analysis than anybody could ever care for, right there. <laughs> so here is Doug. A lot of high stakes with this pick, Doug, because you've got to balance potentially having a poster on your wall of Carson Wentz, mm. Ellis getting some sort of tattoo. Are you going to help Carson Wentz or hurt Carson Wentz with this pick? What are you going to do with Indianapolis at number 21? I'm taking Ohio State linebacker Tough Borland. 
So <laughs> that I knew I wanna, the sabotage was coming. I want to win the bet with Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. No edge. We have not drafted an edge rusher yet. Right. And I think this is how it's going to go. I think every single edge rusher in this class has question marks. And I think everybody's going to be like, well, I'm thinking about an edge, but I feel better about this corner or this receiver or this something else. But I'm going to take the edge guy that I like the best. He's actually the mock draft I'm looking at from the ringer has him mocked here too. I'll take Aziz Ojolari for the Colts at this spot. I've been reading Indianapolis stuff. It feels like everybody thinks edge is where they're going to go. And if it gets to this, Chris Ballard has the pick it a lot. If he wants Quiddy pay, if he wants one of the Miami guys, whatever, I think this is the best guy out there. So I'll take Ojolari for the Colts. You're welcome, Ellis. You said it all. I, I can already see the poster b- behind you taking form right now after that pick, Doug. Thank you. <laughs> Hold on for yes. a minute. I got to go into scramble mode because I got the Jets in two picks and he was my guy. And that, that poster okay. does need to hang right behind your podcast seat. You, you understand okay. that, right, Doug? 100%. Those are, those are the terms. And, that, and that's where you do like your, your press conference Zoom calls too, right? We need that Carson Wentz <laughs> poster right behind Right behind you for all of those as well. Doug will order me if I lose a, a mini portable poster when I'm on the road covering Browns games. I can just set it up right here at all times to my right. Or just uh, just get just get him a Carson Wentz backpack for uh, travel, so he has to put his computer in one. All right, the Tennessee Titans on the clock. I really want to go defense here because they they could use a corner, and this is boy, this is really tough. So I was watching. The NFL Nation mock draft last night, and I believe this is the player that they ended up mocking to to the Titans. I'm going to follow their lead because I think this is going to be too good for the Titans to pass up. They lost Corey Davis in free agency. Uh, Yes, they've added a little bit to that room. A.J. Brown, I think, is an absolute stud. Love watching him play. But I'm going to break Browns fans' hearts here as number 26 rolls along, and I'm going to grab Rashad Bateman with this pick. I'm going to add a a weapon on the outside for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, they need that help on defense, but give me Rashad Bateman. I think he's one of the best players available here. I think he fits a need for the Titans as well. And I think he he makes that offense. Again, it it helps kind of with that loss of Corey Davis. You replace him with Rashad Bateman. And I think you're in good shape on that offense. So I've been on the record on this pod of fading Tennessee uh, over-unders came out like a week ago. And I think they sat around like nine and a half. I, I, if I'm off, I, I apologize. Point is I would pound the under on that. But if they do land a guy like Bateman, it's moves like that that could make me start reconsidering because of what Tennessee has all lost on offense. I've been adamant about what losing Arthur Smith may do to that offense. I think regardless, it's just going to take a year for them to get right. Whenever you lose a coordinator that has that much influence gone is Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, and Juanu Smith, three of their top receivers, AJ Brown remains, but adding a player like Bateman, I'd still take the under, but those are the improvements they need to gradually make to be this Tennessee team that for whatever reason, the masses and clearly Vegas think they still are. Okay, Tim, I think we've given you enough time. The New York Jets are on the clock. Okay. Um, I mean, full disclosure with Bateman, I don't think he's making it to 26. I think I've gotten back on track when it comes to who I think the Jets are going to take. I would have taken Ojolari if he was there, but Doug gave him to the Colts. So I'm going to stick at the same position. I'm going Jalen Phillips from Miami as another edge rusher to help out that Robert Sala defense. I Kind of like Parsons, he's got – Jalen Phillips has got tremendous talent. The questions are – about the concussions that he's had. He's had a step away from football. He's really only got one year and change of production, but he's an extremely talented player who's got such great physical tools that I think in time he's got potential to be in, he's got potential to be an elite pass rusher in this league. To me, I look at Robert Sala, right? Comes from San Francisco where you had that defense with four great pass rushers up front. Joe Douglas is the GM there, comes from Philadelphia when their defense was good. They had the four really good pass rushers up front. So yeah, this makes sense. I like this pick Ellis, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I have a Steelers pick, man. I, this is, this is fell to some fun spots for me. Well, they can't get Najee Harris. Cause I took care of that about six picks ago. All right. All the corners are gone. This has to be Vera Tucker from 
USC. I've seen him go as high as 14 to the Minnesota Vikings. This is a pick that will not excite the common fan in Pittsburgh, but I'm all for drafting known commodities up front in the first round. That's exactly what Vera Tucker is. And it's exactly what Pittsburgh needs to then hopefully find that playmaking running back later if I were Pittsburgh. So Elijah Vera Tucker, USC interior lineman is the pick. I get not taking Travis Etienne if you think they want a running back. He's a little more of a pass catcher. Do you think about Javante Williams from North Carolina at all here if Harris is off the board for them? I did, but that gets that gets reachy for me. And I get the ETN thing. Like he I think he'll be a, a nice player, but that's not what Pittsburgh's looking for in a in a you know, between the tackle, re, kind of reestablish your identity on the ground game. So for me, grab maybe Williams in the second round and and grab that that number one interior guy right now. I think that's a steal at 24 because I, I, I see Vera Tucker as a guy that no matter what position he plays, he's going to succeed. And I, yep. I see him as if there's such a thing as a zero fail player in this draft, he's got almost no chance to fail. It's Vera Tucker because he's going to find his way onto a starting lineup somewhere on the offensive line. Tim, quick question for you. Do you know if he can play center at all? Have you read anything like that or is he um, a guard? I think he's mostly a guard. He, I know yeah. he played tackle at USC. So I think right. four of the five positions he's uh, pretty well accounted for. Yeah. And they do need a center. I think they could address that in the, the second round that um, kid out of division three, Wisconsin whitewater. Uh, but yeah, you you guard and then maybe you slide him out to tackle very Tucker eventually to Tim's point. Well, in the second round, they'll take a receiver who will turn into a surefire <laughs> hall of famer because that's what the Steelers do. Uh, number tw- so that takes us to Scott at number 25, picking once again for Jacksonville. Yes, lucky me. I get two Jaguars picks. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess I'm going to take another guy who has been linked to the Browns in various mock drafts. Um, give me the best defensive tackle, Christian Barmore of Alabama. Hope Urban's happy with him. He's got the best quarterback and the best interior defensive lineman. And I like it falling this way. I just don't think the Browns, if he's on the board, I don't want to hear about like why the Browns didn't take him. I don't think this is, this yeah, I don't think they should. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So take it out of Cleveland's hands. Even though I don't think they would, it's just, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. The so value of D tackle. Scott made that clear what the value of D tackles are. <laughs> and is there, is there a train rolling into number 26? Is everybody going to get back on a, a an aforementioned train here? Because there aren't a lot of, a lot of names left uh, for Mary Kay here. Well, here's, here's what I want to do. So Mary Kay, it's up to you. You can either make the pick first, but I also want to hear who everybody else would take. So it's, if you want to make your pick first, you can, or if you want to hear who everybody else would take here that's left, so we can do that first. It's up to you. You know, I'll go ahead and make the pick. Uh, some of the guys that I would have taken for the Browns here are gone already. And I'm, I'm sure we're all in that same boat. And this is a little bit of a tough choice, but I'm going to circle all the way back from whence we came and go with Zayvon Collins. I'm going to go with Zayvon Collins here. I think not only is he, he's a linebacker, but he can do a lot of other things for you too. He can play defensive end. You know, he can rush, he can cover, he can do so many different things. I, I just think, I don't know, this makes sense to me here with, with what's left. I mean, there are some intriguing players still left here. There are some pure edge rushers left. Uh, there are a couple of receivers that are left, but I'm going to go with the linebacker. I, I joked about it earlier. I mean, Twitter gets so mad when somebody mocks a linebacker to the Browns. They get so angry about it, but I just, I don't, I'm not ruling anything out with this front office. I, you know, they could take Saban Collins here. He's really good. He's really talented. He checks a ton of boxes. Like it could happen. We, we, we've only seen Andrew Barry run one draft. So I wouldn't rule it out. I don't, I don't mind it. Not the guy I would have picked here, but I'm curious. I'll throw out my name since I'm talking. I'm actually a little intrigued by if they would take Jason Oway. Boo. I know the production isn't there. I know that's the the knock on him. I know he's not good at playing football, but other than that. (laughs) Ellis, you love traits, don't you? Traits matter, especially in the first round. I got a trait for you. I watched Penn State play Ohio State this year. Jason Owe, the two starting tackles for Ohio State, Thayer Munford and Nicholas Petit Frere, all Jason Owe did all night was run straight into them and get stoned. <laughs> that guy didn't do squat against – and listen, I, Munford and Petit Frere aren't in this draft. 
I think they probably will both go in the top three rounds next year. They, they weren't all Americans this year. He did nothing. So I get that his numbers are great. If the Browns take Jason Oway, that's an L. That's journalism right there from Doug. That, that's, that's tough to come. He was, he saw it. The, that I, I, and I agree. The, the, the zero sack thing freaks me out. Freaks me out too. I, I wanted to throw that name out there though, because I thought it was, was very, I think it's intriguing because of that traits discussion. I read but. something interesting on this. Um, I, I forget who wrote it, but it was unpacking the idea that if the Browns picked a player like this, would Andrew Barry have the, uh, the, the stones, I guess, for lack of a better term, to come down, you know, if we were sitting in Berea, and explain to the national media and, of course, local media why he picked a edge rusher that had zero sacks in college that's just it's going to be t- i understand for people who are in it and study this stuff how you work around it but just that general first question is going to be tough to answer for anyone who picks this kid okay well long story short here's what i would do i'd steal ellis's thunder i'd trade out of the first round and hope a, and hope asante samuel is there with whatever pick i can get at the beginning towards the beginning of the second round if, if i'm able to get one of those picks who else who are you guys taking here if I can have two, one easy one and one that's kind of off the wall, and Ellis will know what I'm talking about when I get to it. But at this spot, I would take Quiddy Pay from Michigan if he was available. That's a good one. I, I mean, I just love his athleticism. It's the stuff you can't teach. He's just a physical force. I know he's got technical things to teach, but you cannot teach his size, his strength, the way he moves. And he's going to be your fourth defensive end. You're not asking him to start. You're just asking him to jump in situationally and, and rotate in and – maybe he can be your better run-stopping defensive end. So that would have been my choice. The off-the-wall choice, and this is only semi-off-the-wall because I've seen him in several mocks. Ellis knows what I'm talking about because I, I talked about him with talked about this with him the other night. What about Elijah Moore from Ole Miss at 26? What about it? Yeah, I, Tim, I'll just take the baton there. I think that should be the pick if this is how the board falls. Uh, Elijah Moore is a guy who, as I watch more and more, could flirt with that wide receiver three or four in this draft I just don't I just think we get too defined by their ranking and when you actually unpack this these guys are all very similar prospects I, if it falls this way I get the quitty pay thing his tape is ridiculous he he has some Jadavian Clowney like tech technician around the run defense game but I love Elijah Moore here at 26. I love him for a very interesting reason and we all know Elijah Moore's story. We all know what happened in the 2019 Egg Bowl, the celebration that cost Ole Miss the game against Mississippi State, got their coach fired. Now he could have packed it in, probably could have just been, you know, down with being a meme or whatever and kind of never be the same, but he turned it around. I mean, he had, what, 1,100 yards in eight games this season. I know playing with Lane Kiffin helped him a lot, but he, he took ownership of that and turned out an amazing season, so that's full credit to him. And to me, it shows that he can be accountable and that he can atone for his mistakes. That's something that's a little growth and maturity there that for you, some little psychology one-on-one for you with draft stuff. Yeah, that's great. I also maybe am in favor of taking a guy who never fake peed on a fire hydrant in the end zone. Like maybe that's just me. <laughs> I mean the whole, all the stuff of like, Oh, the guy who made a mistake and learned from it. How about the guy who never made the mistake? Is that okay? Can I take the guy who never did something so selfish and stupid on a football field? Maybe I'll just take that guy. And let someone else take the guy who learned from his mistakes. No offense to Elijah Moore. He might be a lovely football player. I just, I hate that discussion because there are a lot of guys who never do something like that. Who are you taking then, Doug? Have you said that? Yeah, Doug and Scott, who are you guys taking? So I would take, I think it's possible. I'm out of left field here. I don't know. I, I took Eric Stokes at this spot for them because Asante Samuel's a little short. And then you have Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell, the two Georgia corners. I've seen other mock drafts that are having Tyson Campbell jump up as a surprise first rounder. I just am open to the Browns, like taking a player that like nobody has talked about them taking. And it is corner. It is positional value. Eric Stokes is six one. He runs a sub four, three forty traits out the wazoo for you, Ellis. And he covered sec receivers pretty well his whole career. I know he's viewed more as like a second round guy, but it sounds like first round traits to me. And if it's a decision of positional value at corner, he's three inches taller than Asante Samuel. And he's also fast. So like, I also don't think Samuel's impossible. Maybe Asante Samuel's becomes your slot corner. Now Troy Hill, 
goes back outside and he's the greedy answer. If greedy's not there, I think that's possible. But I do, I have come around on, because we talked about all the corners. We had four corners go in the top 16. No other corner now has gone in the next 10 picks. So I think those four corners are going to be gone. So is the fifth best corner for the Browns at this spot, I think could make sense. Yeah, I'd rather take, you know, the fifth best corner or the, the fourth or fifth best receiver than the third best linebacker or an edge rusher here at 26. I'd, if it falls like this, you know, trading out obviously is also an option, but I, I like receiver or corner over Zayvon Collins. See, it's funny. We talked through all those names and it made me kind of like Zayvon Collins even more. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm staying at 26, I'm making the pick. I'm, we're oh. talking through all these names and I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm intrigued. I am. In, I think the Georgia corner, you know, again, that kind of plays into maybe you just trade the pick and see, see if you can get early in the second round. I don't know what you could get, like how high up in the second round you could get if you traded that pick down. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it sort of makes, I don't know, at least, at least for me, it makes him a little more appealing. Okay. Let's go ahead and go to the Baltimore Ravens. Doug. I think they're taking an edge rusher. So I'll take the guy who's fallen. And I do think he's going to fall. This guy's a top 20 player and everybody's big boards. Quitty pay. As Tim said, I don't want him in Cleveland, but I'll take him for Baltimore. So Quiddy Pay at 27, I think, is good value for the Ravens, but I also think it's possible he falls. All right, Quiddy Pay. Uh, and, and that was another guy that I think you've got to consider if you're the Browns there at, at 26, and he's available. Okay, the New Orleans Saints at number 28. And this is – there's a lot of good options out here. So I could go – I could go with a safety, but I don't think I want to go that route. I'm going to keep my run on wide receivers going, and I'll take Tim's guy Elijah Moore here. Uh, let, let's let's get some more weapons for the uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Edge rusher is on the board, having lost Trey Hendrickson, but I'm going to go with another receiver here. I'm going to take Elijah Moore, pair him up with Michael Thomas, and uh, and have fun with that pairing with Jameis Winston just chucking the ball all over the field. Yeah, I, I like that pick. That's a, a good backdoor for Michael Thomas not being in New Orleans much longer. That you know, that's a that's a place where I think they're going to find ways to not pay receivers in a way Pittsburgh's been doing. They can just you know find the talent, cycle them out, and move on. All right, Tim, you're up with Green Bay. Are, are we taking a quarterback here? That's what I'm saying. I, I think whoever they take with this pick, as long as it's not Davis Mills, cannot be a worse pick than they made last year. I I was very critical of the Packers draft last year, probably. I thought it was the worst in the entire NFL last year, to be honest with you. So I'm pleading with Green Bay. Take a receiver. Help out Aaron Rodgers in the final few years. So I'm just torn which one I want. I'm torn between Kadarius Tony of Florida, who's got the speed component, similar a little bit to Elijah Moore, maybe not as fast and explosive as Moore. And then there's Terrace Marshall from LSU, who I would have taken if with Baltimore's pick at 27. Let's go! On the clock, man! <laughs> Do I want the – yeah, I'm, I'm working on – do I want – I think Aaron Rodgers got plenty of speed outside with Devontae Adams. Give me size. Give me Terrace Marshall at number 29. I think I think he'd be a good fit for the Browns, a taller receiver. He's proven he could be a number one when he needs to be. Productive, size, all that good stuff. And he's gonna they're going to make finally make Aaron Rodgers happy with this pick. I do think every recent mock in the world has Elijah Moore to Green Bay. So – Dan just took Elijah Moore him. one spot ahead, but I, whatever people are saying, the, the smoke signals are Elijah Moore to green Bay and that receiver, as Tim said, if he lasts that long. All right, Ellis, you're running the top of the AFC East here, picking for Miami and now Buffalo number 30. All right. This Buffalo pick, this is probably where the next running back goes. Not a whole lot to think about. So let's just make the pick Travis Etienne running back Clemson to Buffalo gives them more a, a pass catcher. Cause to Tim's point about like where Najee Harris would be the most dangerous or would he'd be feared the most. I want to see Buffalo actually commit to running the football if they're going to have a running back like that. So I think ETN gives them a, an option kind of like Kansas city. Like they're not going to use their running back anyway. So they don't, they don't need a running back like Najee Harris. ETN makes a lot more sense here. And back to the Baltimore Ravens, Scott, the pick they recently acquired from the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I think I have to take a receiver here. I'm, I, was, I was expecting Doug to take one at 27, but I can understand why he would take pay there. And, of course, then we had a mini run on receivers right after that. So thanks a lot, guys. 
I failed. Oh, you're track. welcome. Sorry. Anytime. You're I, welcome. Is it Diami Brown? I, I've never heard his name pronounced yes. out loud, but um, I'll take him out of North Carolina. Give Lamar Jackson another weapon. That's a, uh, that's a Tim Bielik guy. I know Tim, you've had him circled for the Browns as a, as a possible option at some point. He's a big play machine. And I, I, I can be fascinating. You have Diami Brown on one side, Hollywood Brown on the other. That's going to be a problem. I think if Lamar Jackson ever improves to throw in the football on the perimeter and more so than just the occasional deep ball to Hollywood, then Baltimore's got something. All right. We're going to wrap it up. The Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and this is why I love, so I've, I've kind of been tracking this as we go along using PFFs uh, mock simulator it gives you potential needs aboard all this stuff. Just to kind of keep track of everything. Do you know what they have as their top need for the Tampa Bay Bucks? Nothing. Why I love PFF, just guts. Quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> That's lovely. Well, Tom hey, Brady's going to play till he's 60. Well, <laughs> hey, it is. They do get the guaranteed fifth year option if they wanted to take one here. I don't. Sorry to steal your thunder, but. <laughs> Mary Kay, you are up the Tampa Bay Bucks. Are you, are you going quarterback here, Mary Kay? You know, are you I wasn't thinking that pl- far into the future? No, I, I really wasn't planning on that. Uh, there's so many different ways that you could go here. There are some decent choices left, and I would be interesting to, to hear what you guys think to wrap up the first round here. I wasn't going to go quarterback. Uh, I'm going to go Joe Tryon, edge rusher from, from Washington, just to, to kind of help out that side of the ball. Big guy, sort of with a nonstop motor, going with the – the pass rusher that can maybe try to, to get after Patrick. The name that kind of stood out to me that we passed on that didn't get picked is Trayvon Merrig safety out of TCU. Wouldn't that be something if the bucks got like two just stud safeties in back-to-back drafts. I just want to get scary. A team with its strength clearly on offense, but also limited the chiefs to one touchdown is at such a surplus. They can draft the most athletic or best defensive prospect available. It, Tom Brady's making things real scary out here. You know who that reminds me of, though? A team in a similar situation? I'll yeah. let you say it. Yeah. Cleveland Browns. Oh, I thought you meant the Colts. No, no. <laughs> no needs. Just take your dude. No needs. Take your dude, right? So, yeah. I, I, I mean, I just think, who are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the AFC? It's the Cleveland Browns. I, I mean, that's just, I mean, everybody knows. Write the column now. There we go. We made it all the way through the uh, the first round of the NFL draft. We're going to have all sorts of stuff coming your way this weekend on cleveland.com, on the podcast. Uh, we're going to try something kind of cool here off the first round. You're going to get to hear sort of our live reaction as it happens to the number 26 pick. We're going to be streaming live on cleveland.com. Uh, you'll be able to watch a show during the draft and then we're going to turn that into a podcast. So if you're unable to, to watch us live, you'll be able to hear that on the podcast as well. So you've got to make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts to the orange and Brown talk feed. And you've got to make sure you're a football insider because all of us will be texting and writing stories that you're going to have to be a football insider to be able to see uh, what we're putting out there. So good job guys. Nice draft. I give, I give every pick an a plus nice work participation trophies for all of us so for doug mary Kay, ellis scott and tim i'm dan thanks for listening cleveland the brown